Welcome back to Season 2 of Talking Points. This season, we're back with another 10 beautiful conversations with some of the world's most extraordinary dancers, choreographers and artistic directors. I'm your host, Claudia Lawson. Today I'm speaking with the magnificent Amy Harris. Amy grew up in the small town of Ararat in rural Victoria, and along with her two sisters learnt tap, ballet and jazz at her local hall. But Amy's star was on the rise, and by 15 she was accepted into the Australian Ballet School and was then offered a contract with the Australian Ballet Company on graduation by the newly appointed artistic director, David McAllister. It sounds like the dream run. But from here, Amy's journey changed speeds. In this wonderfully candid interview, Amy talks about the highs and lows of her career, about body confidence, becoming pregnant, and her mid-year interviews with David McAllister, where ultimately she had to come to terms with not being made a principal dancer. Until magically, 17 years after joining the company and newly pregnant with her second child, she was. We're just quickly interrupting this episode to let you know we're delighted that Amy Harris's episode of Talking Points is sponsored by Block. Block started with a promise to make the world's most comfortable dance shoes, and 90 years later, they are still delivering on that promise. Today, Block continues to develop and support professional dancers across the globe, with quality point shoes incorporating cutting-edge technology with future innovations while still upholding traditional craftsmanship. You can see their entire range online at block.com.au. And for all Talking Points listeners, there's a 10% discount on all Block full-price styles using the code AMY10 at the checkout. Available until the end of September 2022, visit block.com.au for full T's and C's. So I just wanted to, I guess, start by asking where your love of dance came from. I think it's like so many young, you know, aspiring kind of... um, you know, girls and boys and you kind of grow up around music or maybe your mum and dad or your grandma did it, you know, and I come from a small country mm-hmm. town where, you know, there was this little ballet school there and it, it did every genre of dance and so I dived in and did it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it wasn't until later on, I suppose, that ballet, I suppose, became that real strong kind of you know, this is what I want to do. Um, so I was about nine or 10 and I stopped everything else, actually. I stopped the tap and the jazz and all of that and just purely focused on on the ballet side of things. Um, I did a lot of competitions as well and performing and I loved all of that and I knew, you know, I wanted to do more of that and, you know, for as long as I could, I suppose. Um, and so, yeah, then I was introduced to a local ballet school in Ballarat. I was I grew up in in Ararat and born there and then an hour down the road is Ballarat Um, and I did a big competition there called Royal South Street Competitions and I met this beautiful teacher, Carol Oliver, and she was really well known and respected in in Ballarat as a dance teacher and known for her um, attention to detail when it came to technique and um, refinement and I thought, well, this is is where I need to be if I want to make something of this and so we travelled down the highway, um, you know, a lot of days and nights, um, my mum would. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I got introduced to the ballet school at 14 when I auditioned and successfully gained a position to start when I was 15. And from there, it's 
been a crazy wild ride. You know, I did three years in the ballet school and then I graduated successfully with a position or a contract um, as a first year quarter ballet member and I've been there for 21 years. So it's crazy how time goes. Just to go back, so you made that call as, say, a nine-year-old to train at Ballarat, which for those who don't know the geography, I mean, Ararat is a tiny tiny rural town in Victoria or in Australia. And then Ballarat's down the road. I mean, you have, I think, a seven-year-old now. How does that seem, making a decision Sort of nine, now, you, now that you say it like that and I'm in my mum's position, I'm terrified. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not a decision I want her making in two years' time. But um, it is wild. And, I mean, there are people that start a lot later. It's just that I suppose being in a small country town that was an after-school activity or hobby for my both my sisters and I. And, yeah, and then there was just something about it that I just knew I loved and I wanted to learn more. And I suppose in some ways, you know, it's like anything when you feel like you're kind of, you're good at it or you get so much joy out of it, you want more. And I think that's what ended up happening around that, you know, nine, 10 kind of age bracket. And then from there, you know, in a short kind of five years, so much happened. And um, mm. I think just, you know, I was, my eyes were opened up to such a big world because the ballet world is, you know, it's a big world and um, Melbourne is just endless opportunities. So, so yeah. did you move there at 14? At 15, my mum, yeah, found an apartment and I moved in with some other girls that weren't at the ballet school at the wow. time. They were um, just at, at a local ballet school in Melbourne. And so you trained at the Australian Ballet, so that's three years to graduate. And then do you, so you get accepted straight into the company. Yeah, I did. So we did what we called a graduation performance and um, a lot of assessments within the studio. Um, so it was quite amazing because at that time we had Marilyn Rowe as the director and she actually opened up the State Theatre for us and we all did a grand pas de deux in costume in lights, everything. It was magical, you know, and you had all of your family and, um, you know, the friends and big fan club there. And it was a really incredible night. And then after that, we followed up with a classical assessment in the studio and contemporary and, you know, just kind of did, I mean, maybe a week of kind of those kind of high, you know, um, tense exams. And then it was soon after that, that we walked into Miss Rowe's office with David McAllister, who was about to take over the Australian Ballet as the new director. And they sat you down and they talked about, you know, your time at the school and the performance that they'd seen, et cetera. And um, yeah, it was then in that moment that I found out that I'd, yeah, received a contract to be a first year quarter ballet member with oh, the Australian so Ballet. Exciting. And so what, so David was about to take on the artistic directorship? Yeah, yeah. So the cool the thing same was... same year. Okay. Yeah. So for us, we had um, Miss Rowe took over from Gaylene Stock. And so we had her as our first year in the, the school. And oh, then again, we had David McAllister take over as the first year for our intake into the company. And of course, I had him ever since, you know, until recently when David Hallberg's taken over. So yeah, it's um, crazy. I can't even believe 21 years has gone by. (laughs) (laughs) And so what was it like as a sort of young member in the company? Because you're still only sort of 18, 19. Is it a real life shift to be accepted into the company? 
Oh, look, I think, I mean, in our year we had nine, which is quite a big intake, um, you know, and it's never known, you know, rumour has it when you're in the graduating year, oh, there's this many contracts or there's this many or there's none, you know, and so um, we had quite a big intake. Um, and I just, I think you can never be sure, you know, of what uh, a director is looking for or how he wants his company to move in which kind of direction. And so you do, I suppose, have to prepare yourself and, and know that, you know, in that moment of walking into the office, it might be a yes or it might be a no. And so then it opens up, you know, I need to go overseas and audition. So to receive a place um, that young and I feel really grateful that I did because I don't think I would have been ready to go overseas um, being, you know, kind of only 18. Um, a lot of people do it, but for me personally, I don't know whether I would have been able to do that big move and the big European tour of, you know, auditions and stuff like that. So um, truly grateful that I did gain, gain a place straight away. And I think somewhat I was settled. It was in the same building, but just the other end. And um, I knew Melbourne, and my family was still really close. And for me, it's always been about that support. I don't think I would have been able to do it without my mum being able to come two hours down the highway or go home for two hours and see all of my family because it's just what I've always known and what I think I need. Yeah, that support system so close by. Oh, absolutely, really yeah. And, um, mm. you know, they've then in turn they've shared this incredible career with me and never missed a show, you know, so... I feel so grateful for that as well that, you know, my mum has seen me, my first show, my first principal role, my, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and my promotion to principal, everyone was there. So um, so before we get to that, <laughs> I do want to ask, I mean, it, it was a 17-year journey to principal. Mm. Can you talk us through those years where there's times that you thought this may not happen for me? Oh, absolutely. I think probably only six months before that was really like, okay, so this is not going to be, um, you know, my path. This is, this is not for me. And it's crazy how you somewhat become okay with that. And, um, you know, mm. not without a lot of tears. <laughs> yeah, tears behind the shed. scenes, of course. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I think I'm, I'm happy to share that it's not always glossy. Um, I think, you, you know, you have to share that there's harder times and that there's disappointment. Um, and there's still disappointment, you know, now when casting comes out, um, just because you are a principal, it doesn't mean that you are guaranteed to do roles. Um, and it's just all a part of, of what we do. So is that right? As a principal, you're not guaranteed no. those lead roles? No, not at all. Okay, it's just yeah. who the director casts Yeah, that and you know, at the moment role. we have people come in, you know, um, we're doing Kunz Karma here in Sydney and we've just opened and there's repetitors that come, you know, from all over the world, um, which is incredible to, to be able to be exposed to, you know, different repetitors and just their, you know, fresh eyes coming into the company. Um, you know, and they see different things. And so I think that's wonderful for opportunities for everyone from the quarter ballet to the principal artists. Um, but it does change things. Nothing is ever, ever set. And I don't think you can kind of get hung up because you are a certain rank or you've been here for a certain amount of time that, um, yeah, you're kind of, well, I'm guaranteed that, you know, it's, um, it's, it's not like that at all. And, you know, there are, there are some times where, you know, things pop up and it doesn't necessarily go your way or maybe you become an understudy for a role and so you're learning it, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll go on or unfortunately then, 
there are injuries or, you know, more fortunately there's that, the beauty of pregnancy and um, we've had that happen <laughs> where people, you know, have, have fallen pregnant, which is amazing, and then they've stepped out of that role so you get bumped up. So, you know, there's lots of things that happen like that and that kind of ricochet effect and sometimes it works in your favour and um, other times not so much. <laughs> Was it these mid-year interviews that everyone hears about that made you think that you would not get promoted? I mean, is that a conversation you'd had with David McAllister? Yeah, yeah. I think um, mid-year interviews are always a daunting time. I think they don't get any easier. <laughs> so is you know. that sort of like, as as other people would know, it's sort of like a, an assessment at work. Yeah, you self appraisal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we um we have them every mid-year, um, whether it be just before we go on to mid-year or after, it's depending on kind of what we're doing repertoire-wise and timing. And each member of the of the company have them. Um, you have your kind of time in there, about 15 minutes, maybe a bit longer, um, maybe a bit shorter. I don't know <laughs> if you don't want to be <laughs> It's not in there. going well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, look, we've um, had many, I've had many with David, obviously. And um, I think at that point of my career, I was kind of sharing my frustrations of, um, you know, I, I want to be better and I want to, I would love to do more and what can I do? And, you know, you have these kind of conversations. I think everyone has similar um, conversations at times throughout their career about what more can I do or what do you need out of me and, um, you know, how can I change, evolve, etc. Um, and so we had a bit of a, a frustrating conversation and um, I think it it felt like it was made clear to me that things probably wouldn't move on for me and I just had to be okay with that. And, you know, getting to senior artists is, is um, you know, it's an incredible milestone. But also for me then, after I got over this kind of disappointment and a bit of frustration and kind of settled down and, you know, had a bit more um, maybe rational thoughts, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was like, I was being so fulfilled with the beautiful roles that I was being given. And, you know, I had to stop and go, well, you know, kind of nine years in, I was still in the quarter ballet and hadn't even tapped into any, yeah, yeah. I hadn't tapped into any of these roles. So, okay, yeah. So I had to kind of stop and be like, Amy, my goodness, you know, like you've been given roles that you never imagined to do. Um, or, or at that point in time in nine, you know, that nine year point, you thought, oh, that moment's gone. It's never going to come back. And you kind of, I suppose you deal with it in that in that moment or in you know in time and um, but it was quite mad that then you know roles like Aurora popped up and I got two magical shows in Melbourne which you know I still hold so dearly to me um, and lots of other roles you know like then obviously um, Spartacus the role of Tatula was kind of choreographed created on me by Lucas Jervies and then it was that that night, the world premiere where it, it happened, where I got promoted. <laughs> it's like <And> so, shock. <laughs> so I want to ask about this night because you'd obviously, you'd had your daughter, Willow. Yeah. And so you'd had this frustrating conversation with David, got your headspace into the gear of like, okay, probably not going to happen for me to become yeah. a principal. And so and I assume most people know this about you. You you met and married Jared Madden, who's in the company as yes. well. Had you then thought, well, we'll we'll try for baby number two? Well, because of that. <laughs> um, the funny thing is with this story is I was actually <laughs> early stages of being pregnant with Phoenix um, when I was promoted that night. 
because I think, you know, Jared and I had always wanted to have another baby. And um, I mean, it was kind of crazy that four and a half years had gone so quickly before we kind of thought about, you know, we want to have another baby now. But when, like when, you know, I mean, and everyone has that kind of, oh, when's the perfect time? And I don't think there really is. Or are we ready to have another? Can we do this? You know, so, um, but then, you know, I suppose after that, that um, interview or the meeting, I guess I was like, I can't put my life on hold anymore. I love being a mum. I love how it makes me feel. It's just the most rewarding, you know, thing I've ever done in my life. And I think it's also helped me be a better dancer and an artist as well. And so I was kind of, I suppose we were putting it on hold a little bit, but not so, you know, like I, I was enjoying my career. I was loving my career. And as I said, you know, kind of ticking bucket list moments off. Um, so yeah, I guess after that moment, we kind of reassess where we were at or where maybe where I was at in my career. And, you know, not that I think I'm old by any means, but, you know, I was, you know, kind of what, I don't even know what I am now, 38. <laughs> and Phoenix is nearly three. And so, you know, you kind of go, well, maybe it won't happen quickly. And so maybe it will take time. And, you know, there's all of that going through mm, your mind. All so, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we just kind of decided, leave it up to the universe. But the crazy thing was then I was like about, I think, three and a half, four weeks pregnant the night oh that I goodness. got promoted. But of course, no one knew. I knew I, I just, I had this inkling, like I knew and um, yeah, Jared was about to take on the role of Spartacus the next day. And so of course I was like, I am not going to be telling him that because he'll be distracted <laughs> or, you know. <laughs> so I remember um, waiting until after he'd done the matinee show and I was home with Willow and um, I actually took a test and I was like, oh my God, I am. But I let him do his show and then he came home <laughs> and I casually were like, you know, um, because having, you know, Willow be so young, we're like, wow, nine months is such a long time. We cannot, you know, like tell her and she's like, is a baby coming? Is a baby coming? So we kind of did it all quite secretively in the bedroom. We're like, oh my God, we're having a baby, you know. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. And then it kind of slowly came out. We we ended up, um, do, you know, finishing the season in Melbourne and um, we went off to China on a tour. Then Jared and I actually went to Japan and guested for Alice's Adventures in Wonderland as, as the Red Queen and Hatter. And our mums both come with us. So um, it was then where I was about nine and a half, ten weeks pregnant and starting to get a bit like, oh, with the morning sickness and, um, you know, not trying to hide it, but like, you know, trying to keep it at a, a low down just to make sure everything was okay. Because of course, being in Japan, we were waiting to get back to Sydney to do the scan, but we ended up telling them. And of course they were ecstatic and um, oh, shared wow. our excitement. But then we got back to Sydney and it was like, oh my goodness, I'm in a midriff <laughs> and I'm not sure that I want <laughs> to be doing this in a midriff, but I actually came back it's, with it's an injury. It's hard to hide, I think, isn't it? it? Just a little bit, just a little bit. Just I mean, you know, bit. at the best of times, most of us have fallen pregnant and we're wearing like, mm. you know, just a leotard and it happens to be a white or a nude leotard. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it just it's just the way it rolls. But, um, but yeah, then I ended up, I actually ended up hurting my foot as well. And, you know, we'll never know whether that was like just hormones and stuff going on or what had happened. Um, but I couldn't get a scan or take any, you know, anti-inflammatories because obviously I did the big eyes to the physio and she kind of connected with me. It was like, oh, right, I, I see what's happening here. Should we maybe have a little talk outside the door? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so um, she was like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing news. But, yes, obviously we are not going to be taking any anti-inflammatories. We cannot scan that foot. So I think we need to go talk to David. So we went and spoke to him. And of course, he was so ecstatic for us. Um, and, you know, he was a big part of, 
um, bringing in the maternity plan and being such a big support of women and families, you know, um, having babies, but also coming back and, and having a career. And, you know, I, I'm truly grateful for that because I do believe that I've had the best eight years of my career since having Willow. Um, and now, of course, I mean, we had a little bit of a, a hiccup with the pandemic and coming back for Phoenix. So I still, you know, the wheels have kind of felt a little bit slower this time, but to be able to have the both of them and still do what we do. And um, I absolutely love it. So we're going to try and do it for as long as we can, this madness that we're, <laughs> that we're doing right now. But um, yeah, so that was kind of the wild ride. Can I take you back to that night of being announced as principal? Did you have any idea it oh, was going to happen? No, no. <laughs> it's funny because there's been times where, you know, a world premiere is such a big night for everyone, you know, not just for the dancers and the creative team, but behind the scenes and costume and set designers. So it's always quite a big deal. And I love that. I love that we celebrate you know, and, and share that with our audiences. And so we've done, you know, like the Yes campaign or we've had people come on. Obviously, David created his Sleeping Beauty and it's been a really big night and everyone's coming on stage and there's celebrations, streamers and all of that kind of thing. So for me, and because I think I was okay or I'd become okay in my mind about it not happening. And it was great because then, you know, I was just like, I've just got to dance like I have and I've just got to enjoy it and just hold on to all these little moments because for dancers, they're such fleeting moments being on stage, you know, then you're on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So um, it's something I've learned to do, I suppose, over, over my career. And so I think, I was okay with it. There was nothing in my head going, maybe tonight's the night. And don't get me wrong, I've had nights where it has felt like that and it's awful. <laughs> it's like you yes, kind of go, okay. oh, everything's going really well and I feel really good and I've had great feedback and, you know, this could be the show. And so you do the show kind of with this thing in your head and it's actually really horrible. Um, so I didn't have any of that, which was great. And yeah, everyone came on stage and, of course, we're celebrating Lucas, obviously premiering his first work and first full-length ballet with the Australian Ballet. All the creatives came on. We celebrated the orchestra, you know, and, of course, then the principals that were on stage with me were Robin and um, Kevin Jackson and I was working with Ty King Wall. And so it was just, you know, they were celebrating us, but I was at the end and he announced, you know, then the newest principal is me. And I think it was just like utter shock. Like even now thinking about the moment, I just, it's, you know, that moment where you can't actually hear anything. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just this weird. And then, of course, I look to my my left and there is Willow walking on in her pyjamas, mind you, because she had a fight with Jared about wearing a dress and pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> and there she was walking on with Jared and she had to have rainbow flowers for me and just, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? You know. So just, they knew, did they? Well, yeah, David came up to Jared at the end of the notes session. So every time we have a double dress and then the next day we have notes and we iron out anything and try and, you know, repeat things that we need to, to feel comfortable for the opening. And 
I was standing with him when he said, you know, Chookers, have a great day, you know, have a great show. I'm going to go get Willow. And ja- and sorry, and David walked around the corner and said, oh, Derek, can I just grab you for a moment, lovey? And so he went off and had a chat. I didn't think anything of it, you know, because he was doing Spartacus the next day. So I thought, you know, they're just talking about that. Well, then Jared oh, was like, oh, my God, I've got to go get Willow. I've got to get a dress for her. I've got to get back <laughs> in, you know, da, da, da. And the funny thing was that, he brought her in, but then one of the other dancers kind of saw and she was leaving the theatre and she was like, what are you doing here? What is... <gasps> and he was like, shh, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> and she ended up staying, which was beautiful, and ended up filming the whole, you know, night and the announcement, which was gorgeous. So it was it was quite a funny night. We were actually talking about it with Willow that we're like, you never wanted to put that dress on. You were fighting with Daddy about putting this dress on. She's like, I wore my pyjamas. And I've kept the pyjamas because I just love the story and, you know, and love the night. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was It was amazing. Like I, and so did you secretly know you were pregnant at the time of the announcement? I'd had an inkling, but I hadn't done the pregnancy test. I did the pregnancy test the next day, um, but I oh definitely had an inkling. So your inkling. head must have been reeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that moment, I think my head was just spinning because I was like, I'm sorry, is this a prank? Like, am I, like, what? I've made it to a principal art. Like, what? <laughs> and then, of course, the next day I was like, am I doing a pregnancy test? I'm doing this. Like, um, yeah, so it was quite... What a 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, Amy, can I ask about your decision to become or to think about becoming pregnant the first time with your lovely daughter, Willow? Was that a hard decision? You know, your body is your livelihood. And so I just wondered about the process in your in your headspace and, you know, how you came to that decision with Jared. No, I don't think it was a hard decision. I think, you know, since I met Jared, we both shared the love of having a family, you know, the dream did of having... Did you guys meet in the company? Yeah, we did. We actually worked together and um, it was funny because he came in, he's five years younger and, you know, I was always kind of a bit like, I'm not dating a dancer, it's like too much, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we're like, we work six days and it's all... But um, we had so much in common and um, just, you know, you kind of can't deny, <laughs> deny it, can you? Um, <laughs> and so it kind of, yeah, we had quite a nice friendship and shared, yeah, like, as I said, a lot of similar, you know, music and just, we just had a lot of chatter and, you know, banter. So it was, um, yeah, then it just kind of became what it became and um, very quickly I think we both knew that, you know, um, well, he says, you showed me the ring like three months into our relationship. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, and we, of course, shared shared a love of having a family and he comes from a smaller family, whereas I come from a family full of, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and um, me being kind of on the older end and having all the younger cousins. I was, I just grew up around kids and I loved it. Um, and so I think when we both found each other and shared that, you know, that love of, of having our own, um, when the time was kind of right for us, we just, you know, we were like, let's just see what happens. Um, of course, I was very lucky or we were very lucky to fall pregnant straight away with Willow and had a very healthy um, pregnancy. But I don't think um, for me any thoughts of, oh, what's this going to do to my body or how am I going to get back and will I be able to get back? Like it wasn't something that kind of consumed me because I wanted to have a baby so badly. Um, I wanted to be a mum and had dreamed of being a mum, you know, for 
for quite a while. So um, I left it all quite open, to be honest with you. And um, I had a great pregnancy. I love being pregnant. Um, and then I ended up having to have a cesarean um, just because my placenta didn't move. And so that was kind of known midway through my pregnancy. Um, so there was no other option for me. And, you know, that was that was okay. Like I kind of was a bit like, oh, okay, I have to have a cesarean, but that's okay. Um, so we, you know, moved forward and nearly went full term with Willow and, and had a cesarean. And, you know, as you know, as we've said, time goes so quickly. So I never really put a time on when I had to do things by or how long I had to breastfeed for or when I had to return as a dancer. And that's one of the best things I think about having a maternity plan and having that option there of of taking this amount of time or taking a long, you know, time, whatever it is for each individual person. Um, you just felt like you were supported through having such an incredible medical team and it being right there at your fingertips. So I knew I would be supported in that respect. And of course, David, you know, bringing in this maternity plan so, you know, you could have a family, but also have a career. Wow. David McAllister did so much in that space. I really hadn't appreciated that until I spoke with him, but it's just really facilitated so many of the really senior artists to be able to have families and then return. Yeah, yeah, and how know is that the juggle going? <laughs> That's a funny <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, like everyone, like you know, there's a juggle with everything you do, um, and I'm purely speaking from my experience. And and Jared, both of us being dancers in this company is incredible, and to be a senior artist and a principal still be doing what we love and being used and um, being on tour and having two beautiful children. I mean, life doesn't get much better, does it? You know, like we feel very fortunate. But with that, it's mad. (laughs) I can imagine. Because most people don't work all day and then also perform all night. So do you guys get cast in different shows? I mean, how does it work if you both cast to perform one night? We just make it work, you know. Um, I think that's the thing that ever since, you know, we had Willow, both of us were like we're still Jared the dancer, still Amy the dancer. Yes, we have a child but we're here to do our job and you didn't want to really be treated any differently. Um, so I think it's it was that that was really important for me. It was coming back and being the way I'd always been and being Amy and the hard worker and when I was in those four walls that I was, you know, not treated, lack of a better word, but like I was Amy, I was here to do my job and I didn't need it to be, oh, because you're sleep deprived, you don't do that or you know what I mean. Um, So, yeah, I think the support and the understanding of at times we're just doing our best and that, you know, some days are going to be a little bit mad with bringing them both in and, um, you know, that's just the way it had to be and we're going to be, you know, one eyeball in the studio and one eyeball out but we're here and we're going to do our best for that hour rehearsal while we juggle both. Um, and, it, and you know, even our colleagues are incredible. They can see, especially through the pandemic, um, yes, we were very lucky to be in the studio at times and have class in little bubbles or, you know, we started some rehearsals to, you know, get the gala up and ready for Sydney, which we did last year. But Mm. it meant for Jared and I, 
you know, um, Willow being in school was online and so we had to get her online. We had to get us to work. We had to juggle with Phoenix and, you know, our colleagues could see, you know, what we were doing and always, you know, just offering to help out and can I do something for you? Do you want me to sit with him while you do this? How's Willow? Do you need, you know, incredible, you know, it's like we've always said it's quite family orientated and I think, Mostly all the time people appreciate children coming in and just, I don't know, just kind of lightening it all a little bit because what we do is serious and it's quite full on and it can get tense, not in a bad way, but it's just intense and the work, it's like, you know, the focus. So I think sometimes when, you know, like the other day we had beautiful Lulu and Lottie who's Dana's children come in and, you know, Jasper and Willow have grown up um, together as well. So they had school holidays up here and came into the opera house and um, it's a magical little world. Yeah, Yeah. for them. So I think it's just... um, like everyone, we're juggling and uh, I think especially coming out of two years of having all that time together, which, you know, we were so very lucky and appreciative to have time back um, that we would never have had. It's been wonderful, but I think it has made it harder returning, um, especially with Willow being, you know, seven and a half now. There's that real understanding of, but you were always home for two years and we had dinner Mm. together and we had our weekends. And while we might not have been able to do much, it was the time together that she loved and the fact that we could put her to bed and not somebody else. So, Yeah, um, and children love that. So yeah, Yeah, it's the simple things, isn't it, that they... They want and need. Um, I think we do too. <laughs> yeah. I think I need the cuddles just as much as them. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Australian Ballet's in a sort of new era now. You've returned to the new director, David Hallberg. Um, and really I feel like the shackles are only just off for him. What What are your feelings for the future and, and you know, this sort of new era with the Australian Ballet? I think right now excitement. We're in the depths of, of the Kunstkammer um, season and the depths of a Sydney season and I am I mean, so... I saw it Friday night on opening night yeah. and, I mean, I have never seen the company perform anything like that yeah. and I felt like, you know, as an entire company, everyone was just so elevated. I think so, absolutely. And I think that's what's exciting and, you know, as someone that's established in the company, seeing so many of the younger dancers having opportunities is incredible and not only just having the opportunity but they are rising to the occasion and that's exciting, you know, and then obviously the excitement of moving into next year where, you know, David has obviously unfortunately with the pandemic had to put a lot of things on hold or his ideas have maybe been pushed back a little bit. So I feel like you're right. We're just kind of starting to see um, what he has to offer and what he's going to bring to the Australian Ballet and to the dancers and just um, exciting for for the team and the organisation but also exciting for Australian audiences to see uh, dancers in in this role, in this Kunstkarma um, production and just in general. Um, you know, it's... Um, and I think too we're kind of all just being brought back to life with, with having... St- you know, the the performances we do now and there's a bit of consistency back and we're just excited that, you know, I think we're putting this kind of 
pandemic behind us and um, we're all happy to be back and performing and being with our audiences and um, just really looking forward to what he has planned and, um, you know, all of the exciting repertoire and repetiteurs he's got um, stored in that mind of his for us and, um, yeah, just excitement. Amy continues to perform as a principal artist with the Australian Ballet, all the while juggling life with her husband, senior artist Jared Madden, and their two children, Willow and Phoenix. While retirement is not yet in sight, in her spare time, Amy is also training as a wedding celebrant. To continue to follow all of Amy's adventures, you can find her on Instagram at amyharris underscore seven. Amy and I recorded remotely with Amy dialing in from Sydney on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, to which we pay our greatest respects. Talking Points is produced by Fjord Review. Remember to subscribe to get the episodes as soon as they're released, and if you like us, please leave a five-star review. On the next episode of Talking Points, we'll hear from Raphael Bonacella. You're gay and you're going to die and this AIDS. And and at the beginning, it was very confusing and very scary. My parents had divorced by then. And then with my mom, she came to London to see me and I told her in King's Cross and she was crying for three days. (laughs) But then we worked it out eventually. Your host and producer is me, Claudia Lawson, with additional production by Penelope Ford and Clint Topic. Sound production and editing by Martin Peralta at Output Media. And for the latest in all things dance, head to fjordreview.com.